0: country with your host, Dave Woods. This is the radio show where country music gets up close and personal. Spend some time in the country and get to know our guests. Spend some time in the country where the music's the best. The latest news and memories to great stories that get told.
1: Country artist Tim Hicks joins me on the show now, great to have him here. He has a brand new album called Shake These Walls, and you've already heard his hit song all over the radio. It's called Stomp and Ground, and you also heard it when Tim opened up the CCMA Awards show this year on CBC, and it was a great way to open up with that song, and special guest Colin James on stage with him. Welcome to the show, Tim. Thank you very much, Dave, appreciate it, man. Well, it is great to have you here, and I saw you briefly at the John Deere green carpet, part of the CCMAs. It was the, sort of the press mm-hmm. row right before the award show, and all the country artists, uh, many of them nominees, coming down that uh, row, and, uh, you know, interviewers getting to ask questions. That was pretty exciting, I bet, for you, too, because fans are there, and it's just kind of it's, it's building up to the show.
2: Oh, it's always exciting to do the John Deere green carpet, man. It's one of those things where... Uh yeah it's a little bit it's a little bit funny and I'll tell you why and, it, and maybe this is uh behind the velvet rope right now but you know you at a, at a show like that you're behind you're around the building on the other side right the backstage and then of course they've got all these beautiful vehicles lined up to drive you around the block <laughs> to go so right. that you get out so they ask you they're like now Mr. Hicks would you like an SUV to there would you like the Jaguar <laughs> so, so I looked I said whatever one's first in line I'll do and, they, you know, they drive you around the corner, and then you get out, and everyone claps. And it's it's just such a great uh, moment, you know, to be able to see all the fans and talk to all the press. And, you know, it can be uh, it's exciting, and yet it can be a little bit intimidating, you know, with all those people crowded in, and they all want to take your picture. Mm-hmm. and uh, But exciting nonetheless. And, you know, it's a great way to sort of kick off that show day uh, for the CCMA Awards.
1: Pretty amazing. And London, Ontario, was such a great host town for the awards this year it's such a a great city on its own and it's a great country music city oh my god is it ever
2: and who knew that somewhere between toronto and windsor would be this wonderful you know hub for country music i mean you're talking about a town that has two fm country stations in it which is wonderful and you know it's just uh, i I have such a great history with london i used to kind of sort of semi-informally lived there. I played in a band with a couple of brothers that lived in London. They went to Fanshawn, so I lived on their floor for a little while. And, uh, you know, we played all those bars downtown and hung out down there. And so every time I'm there, it sort of takes me back a little bit to those days and uh, when things were a lot more simple. Uh, But uh, it's always a great town to play. Everyone's so enthusiastic, and they love their country music.
1: Now tell me Tim about getting the news that you would be opening the show uh on mm-hmm. TV the CCMA Awards and of course Colin James joined you. You can you can talk about that
2: as well but first of
1: all getting the chance to uh, open the whole show.
2: Yeah, yeah, we didn't know that we were going to open the show until pretty much the last minute. I think it was a few days prior to maybe a week at the most. And uh you know to get that email was like, "Oh my god, we're going to kick it we're going to kick the whole thing off." So it just sort of drove it home for me, you know, having Colin James on the stage and being up there with my band. And I just thought, wow, what a, what a wonderful way to kick off that night. And, and it's sort of the pressure. See, the best part is when you play first, the pressure's gone immediately. <laughs> and you can just enjoy right. the show, which is a, a wonderful position to be in, you know, and uh, so it was, it was really exciting and in, in honor, really. You know, it's just, uh, it, it, was, it was a big deal, you know, to be up there and to do our thing. And uh, I, I loved it. I had a great time.
1: And I think it's so cool that, uh, in this case, Colin James joined you on stage. I love seeing uh, country music artists uh, uh, mixed and paired with, you know, artists from other genres, because I think it adds some excitement to it. And I think fans these days really accept that and embrace it.
2: Yeah, I think so. Like, that was kind of what I wanted to get at. You know, I mean, number one, I'm a huge Colin James fan, and I'll tell you a quick story shortly uh, about that. But, you know, they – yeah, other award shows do that kind of thing all the time, and I really feel like, you know, as we were talking about off air, that can't like right now the scene in Canada, especially in country music, is world class, and you know we need to tote that from the from the uh, rooftops, and so the show in its in and of itself should be nothing short of that, you know, and so I, I thought it was a kind of a cool idea to sort of bring someone in that wouldn't necessarily uh, be a household name for country fans. But is a household name for music fans in Canada, you know. And I first right. met Colin. This is, this is a true story. In 1991, um, might have been the summer of 1990. I can't remember exactly. But he played the Fort Erie Friendship Festival, um, which is about half an hour from my house where I grew up in Niagara Falls. And my, my mom took me. Um, and she had backstage passes uh, with the fellow that she was with at the time. And so I was in the audience with uh, my babysitter because, of course, I was like 10 years old. <laughs> and, um, my mom convinced they were, Colin was on the same bill as the tragedy hip that night. My mom convinced the hip to have the security guards lift me over the fence. And I got to hang backstage with the hip and watch Colin wow. set the side stage. And then when he came off the stage, Robbie Baker introduced me to Colin James. <laughs> so oh. you can imagine as a 10, 11 year old kid, that night really left an impression on me and kind of yeah. set, me in a direction that i couldn't turn back from and so i got to tell him that story and the best part about it was he didn't remember meeting me per se but he remembered the gig and he said that was the first and only time i was ever on a bill with uh with the tragically hip and he said he because when i said yeah you play with the hip he said that was 40-year friendship festival um and so it was kind of neat that he remembered the show you know and i said i was there and Mm -hmm. i met you and so we had a good laugh about it it was great
1: that is what a great story and great memory. And uh,
2: it yeah. just goes to show
1: those moments that might not have happened but did leave such a big impression.
2: And, you know, as you said, it influenced you going forward. Oh, my God, did it ever. And it, it was one of those things. Like those, those two guys uh, between the hip and, and Colin James, they were, they were hot as hot can be in Canada at that time. And to be able to stand there and watch that happen um like i said as a as a 10 11 year old kid it was it it seared that night into my memory i'll never forget it like watching i mean you have to imagine up to here maybe road apples was out but up to here was really taking off and and mm-hmm. uh, so new orleans is sinking was the big song and of course colin was out there singing just came back to say goodbye it was, it was a really magical time of right. AD music so i was glad i was able to witness it firsthand
1: Absolutely. That's an awesome story. Now, the CCMAs you
2: mm-hmm. had a nomination for Interactive
1: Artist of the Year, and that's such a cool nomination because it's obviously showing that you're being recognized for interacting, I guess, in person and through social media, and you're connecting yeah. with your fans. How, how important is that for you, Tim, and what do you get out of uh, interacting with your fans? Well, I
2: only know how to do it one way. <laughs> so I just I, just, <laughs> I just do it the way I do it. I don't know, and it's nice to be recognized, but I don't do those things for for. For award nominations, but what I what I do love about it is, you know, I mean that we live in this day and age where you can interact with your fans at, at a moment's notice. And I just, when this whole thing took off, I sort of jumped into the Twitter platform full 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 steam ahead, and I just sort of haven't looked back. I just love it. I love to be able to get just like a little bit of information out there, and you know, now that I've been around a little bit, uh, people kind of know my sense of humor, and I can sort of tweet. Things you know that'll get people will get a kick out of, and I just I love that kind of thing, man. And I I love it that you know, you know I'll get tweets like, "Hey Tim, today's my sister's birthday. Can you send her a message?" And I I just love doing those kinds of things. If I can brighten somebody's day by hitting a favorite button or by tweeting back to somebody, I just love that. So that you know that's that's about social media in this day and age, and just being able to interact. And I love. You know, I'm kind of nosy. I love to see what, what fans are saying after a show, if they liked it, what they liked, what they didn't like, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah. um, it's just a wonderful time to, to embrace that technology and be a country singer in Canada. Uh, now, this is your
1: third album. Of course, it's called Shake mm-hmm. These Walls. Has, has there been a progression, Tim, for you? Because artists obviously, you know, continue to make albums, and we yeah. grow to like a sound and enjoy, but artists grow as well. So is there a progression on this album from the first two?
2: Oh, my God, is there ever. Um, you know, in a number of ways. For, first and foremost, I'm not the same guy as I was in 2013. I mean, a lot has happened um, since Throwdown was released and since Gent Bye came out on the radio. So, you know, I felt like I owed it to people to show that uh, kind of progression on each record. And so every time I go to Nashville, I, 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 kinda, I try and look at it like a learning experience. Because there is an army of people that go to work every day down there that are just go to write songs. And, you know, as much as I'm an experienced live performer, the songwriting thing, you know, though I've written lots of songs in my years, but never really got serious about it until my 20s uh, and then really had to lock it down, of course, once you sort of get to the national level. So I feel like I learn something every time I go. Um, and I really wanted to showcase that on this record. And so, you know, as I've been saying to people, like we've gone down a few different roads on this record with songs like we came up and forever rebels, uh, slide Mm -hmm. over even, um, you know, I mean, you're going to get a heavy dose of the party country that everybody knows, uh, that I love to do, which is sort of, you know, fits into the live show, but I wanted to make a record that would sort of speak to a lot of different people. And so I'm, you know, I'm excited that um, it came out of the gate screaming and people seem to be digging the record. And, uh, You know, that's all you can really hope for at the end of the day. Absolutely, and
1: Stomping Ground was so embraced, and people are loving that song
3: uh, on the radio (laughs) and it's
1: your live shows. We're going to get to that song in just a moment, but working with Corey Crowder, tell me a bit about that and and any role influence that he played on on the sound of the album. Yeah.
2: Oh, my God. Uh, So the reason I chose Corey to work on this record is because... um, you know, as we were talking, because we've written some songs together, he said, If I was your producer, I'd cut, I'd cut this record live with a band. I said, Really? Because mm. that's something I've always really wanted to do. But, you know, I mean, a lot of stars have to sort of fall into place for something like that to happen. But that's how they prefer to do it in Nashville. And so, I, you know, I, whereas on the first two records, Jeff and I would overdub parts, we would start with the drums and overdub, which is a perfectly great way to do a record. Uh, but I just felt like I wanted to try something different and get some new energy. And so with did right. just that we, we, you know, when we cut it'd be the him and I in the control room with the engineer and, and the band out on the floor. And so you're watching this musical event take place. And by the end of the session, you're hearing your song radio quality. It's unbelievable. It's a very different experience than, you know, the sort of mm-hmm. overdub and edit sort of phase. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and it was exciting for a guy like me. I mean, I come from a live music background, so You know, to stand on the floor and watch those guys who are great players, uh, magical players that work in Nashville, uh, cut those songs, and I could watch and determine right away, okay, which guy in my band is going to play this part live, which guy is going to do this one. Okay, I see what the bass and drums are doing. Whereas before, there'd be a whole other um, uh, step to the process where once you get the record mixed and mastered, I'd have to sit down and kind of figure out how we were going to do these songs live. So this time around, watching the band do that in front of me, I already had an idea, you know, how I was going to get these to translate uh, into the show, which obviously is very important to me.
1: Let's turn to uh, the debut song off of the album. The lead single is Stomp and Ground. And we all, of course, have heard it many times on the radio. But tell me a bit about the writing behind it before we play
2: the song. Yeah, so I wrote it with the same guys I wrote Here Comes the Thunder with and a few other songs. Todd Clark, Gavin Slate. And they've uh, they've been hanging with a new up-and-coming songwriter named Travis Wood. And uh, Travis actually came in with the title, Stomping Ground, which we all thought would make a great um, song for a guy like me. And we just sort of just started mm-hmm. talking about, you know, where we are from, the differences and similarities, you know, between like Todd, for instance, uh, you know, grew up in New Zealand and then in Toronto, uh, Gavin, Toronto, and then, you know, Travis and I are sort of from small towns outside of Toronto. And it was really interesting, all the parallels that the four of us had growing up and some of the innocent trouble that we sort of got ourselves into. And, and we thought that that would make sort of for a fun, you know, almost nostalgic love song to the past, you know, of looking back at simpler times. And, um, yeah, and, you know, it's one of those things where it's a great dynamic because Todd is a producer and he's a track guy as well. So as we're sort of working on the song, he's laying it out behind us and uh so by the end of the session you sort of have the demo almost completed um right. and uh, you know the the song didn't change too too much from the demo other than you know we cut it with the band so that was sort of a, a different <laughs> thing but you know, i remember it being like with a song like stomping ground you you know we're trying to be a little bit cheeky you know and somebody asked me recently like oh are you influenced by hip-hop and and i no i'm not <laughs> but i can see where somebody might think that you know with a song like stomp because it's you know heavy on sort of loop bass and that banjo and um mm-hmm. a couple of lines in it are sort of like you know i'm you can tell i'm smiling almost almost giggling as i'm singing it because it's, it's a little bit funny right and so that, sure. that i'm glad that people sort of see that and get that out of it when they hear it. but what's funny to me is um Is the number of comments on social media from people from all different generations, from grandparents to parents to older brothers and sisters to to generations now, all kind of saying, "Man, that sounds like when I grew up." You know, it sounds like what my friends and I used to do. And so, I find it interesting that you know, no matter where you're from or no matter what time you grew up, everyone kind of Mm -hmm. sort of finds themselves in those similar situations. So, I, I love that.
1: Let's hear that song now from my guest Tim Hicks. This is Stompin' Ground on In the Country.
3: 16 in a six-pack, 20 bucks and a shoulder tap. Got you too far gone to get back. Man, we were cool with that cutting class trying to duck our teachers bombing smokes out behind the bleachers Friday dried in double feature took my girl when we didn't watch either
0: my stomping ground where we got
3: We never got caught. No. If your parents went away for the weekend, party at your place with time they leaving. Keep separated, blown over back, back a separated, blowing off the speakers. Backpack of beer, better throw them in the freezer. <laughs>
0: My stomping ground, where well I got li-
1: And that is Tim Hicks with Stomp and Ground here on In the Country. You can find that song at iTunes on his Shake These Walls album. You can check him out online at timhicksmusic.com. And mm-hmm. I, I love what you said about songwriting. At uh, It was a quote at your website in your bio. Tim, uh, the challenge of trying to write a good song is still one of the most exciting parts of my job. So mm-hmm. tell me about that and how finding those ideas and crafting them is uh, kind of a challenge and something you keep aspiring to do. <laughs>
2: Well, a challenge because I feel like I'm not a very good songwriter. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's just one of those things where, you know, I, I heard Keith Urban one time say that he was a tortured songwriter. And I, and I really, I, I know where he's coming from. Because, again, you know, I come from this live music background and I love to play live. But writing and making records, are that's a whole other skill set. And it doesn't come easy to a guy like me. So that's why I wrote, I had to write a ton of songs, really, to get, Ten that I felt were were worth cutting, um, and I don't mind that. I mean, it's just one of those things where you gotta you gotta write a lot to get some gems, um, mm-hmm. and so it, it still is a challenge every time I sit down. And I, I don't know where it comes from. Um, sometimes you know I keep a, I keep a, a running list of titles, um, like a lot of guys do down south. But you know, honestly, when we were we were in Nashville, I had the whole family in Nashville for five months while we were working on this record, and uh, you know, I wrote I wrote all my titles that I had down in the first two weeks I was there. And so for the rest of the time, you're sort of flying by the seat of your pants. And it's in those moments that you, if you're lucky, you just reach out into the, uh, into the universe and pull something down. And it becomes the song that wasn't there, you know, four hours right. ago. And that process to me never gets old. I, I It's magic. Um, even if the song isn't a great one, the minute you're done writing it, you think it's the best one. You know, it's, yeah, for right, me, right. I have to go back two, three days later and check my work and go, is this song still as good as I think it is? Because I think for a lot of songwriters, the song that they love the most, uh, that they think is the best, is the song they've written most recently. Uh, and I can't that explain that. It's just the feeling that you get, you know, when you, when, c- because it's such a victory. You know, when you when three people come together that don't know one another and create this thing right. that then lives on, it's just, I don't know, I can't explain it, and and I try not to because I don't want it to ever go
1: away. <laughs> yeah, there's a bit of a mystery in it, right? I mean, you as you said, you started with nothing, and maybe some of these people you've just met. Three hours later, roughly, you've created this
2: song, and um, mm-hmm. what a feeling. And you know what's interesting? So one time I was headed down south, and uh, – you know, the odd time at the border, they give you a hard time, especially if you have a guitar. And the border guard <laughs> said to me, uh, why do you need to go to Nashville to write songs? And I said, oh, hmm. well, I, you know, I've got friends down there, I, my co-writers. It's just, he says, why can't you write in your living room? I said, well, I, the best songwriters in the world are in Nashville. I want to go down and write, write some songs with them. And he goes, and uh, how does that happen? I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, you better start talking or you're not going. I said, well, uh, I don't know. Uh, you, you just get in a room and, and you meet you meet the person and you say nice to meet you and then then you sit down and and you say w- what do you got? And he said really that's that's how it happens. I said yeah that's how it happens. He didn't believe me that that's just what we do. You know, you just get that's in a room hilarious. and banging out. You know, and so I, you know yeah. obviously they let me go. Uh, but I had a chuckle later <laughs> on. Like man, trying to explain that to somebody that isn't musical or doesn't have an inkling right. about music or whatever was a kind of a, it must have, must have sounded crazy. You know what I mean? It's just such a funny mm-hmm. process. Yeah, it's
1: funny because listeners and fans know songs. They hear songs all the time, but they don't always know the behind the scenes of writing. So mm-hmm. yeah, it would be a mystery to other people. And they would, they would just maybe take it for granted a song exists, but not how it got there. Yeah, and,
2: and the thing is, especially in this day and age, you know, when you have a career and you have kids and a wife and stuff, my days of, drinking a half bottle of whiskey and writing some some song at three o'clock in the morning are over (laughs) you know what I mean for a while anyway (laughs) it just doesn't happen like that and so you know I have to block out time like okay I'm going to go down to Nashville and we're going to write this many songs and in the schedule sort of goes in but now that I've been hanging around down there you know for the last four or five years uh, which isn't a long time but you know I've been fortunate so you kind of make friends with the guys that you write with and so I look forward to them to, to spending that time with them, and I'll I'll save ideas. Like I'll say, oh, this would be a great one for Phil, or this would be a great one for Larry. You know, this this idea. Right. You know, and so I I hang on because I sort of get to know everybody's strengths, and um, you know that that's it, that also makes it uh, uh, super interesting and, and a little bit challenging at the same time. Now, Tim, just like. Um
1: an artist might have a, a dream duet partner as far as someone to sing with. Do you have a dream co-writer? Of course, in Nashville, there's so many big names, people who are huge, successful songwriters
2: and hit writers. Is there somebody
1: you want to write with that you
2: haven't yet? Oh, there's lots. There, are, There's lots. Um, man, I'd love to write some with Luke Laird. I think that'd be really cool. Um, I'd love to write a song with Desmond Child. You know, he's nice. That's a fella. Um, I think he's based out of New York or L.A., but... I mean, I think I'm pretty sure he wrote living on a prayer. You know what I mean? Like that, that kind of guy uh, that's been around, yeah, yeah. Right, pop, dude, songs, pop songs, rock songs, yeah. uh, all different yeah. kinds of songs. Um, yeah. I mean, there, there's just so many, too many to count really. I mean, I, I sure I feel like I'm just scratching the surface in terms of the, the people that I know down there. And, and uh, so hopefully at some point, you know, you, you, I'm able to get in a room with some of these folks.
1: Now, the CMAOs, Country Music Association of Ontario, they do great things throughout the year, and, of course, the awards show, yeah. and they're coming up to another one. It's happening in London, Ontario, uh, next June. But let's talk a bit about that and how great uh, the CMAOs are. You've had a chance, of course, to perform on that stage quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've
2: been at every single one, I think. Um, it's, it's, it's one of those things that where you just feel like it's always existed, the CMAO. You know, How could mm-hmm. we not have it? But it's a relatively new organization, and so it's just so paramount for, especially for up and comers, you know, that want to start sort of, uh, you know, networking a little bit in the business and, uh, you know, getting sort of exposed to things like songwriter circles or, you know, workshops. I know they do a whole bunch of workshops. So for a guy like me, it's a riot. It's just a great time to go and, and spend time with all those folks because you're talking about, you know. People like Derek Rattan and uh, the Western mm-hmm. Swing Authority are always there. Uh, Jason Blaine. Right. I mean, this is a great opportunity for everyone to kind of be in the same room um, and get to hang out and talk shop. Which is, for, for me, is is a that's a great day.
1: What advice would you give an artist out there uh, starting out, Tim, who is uh, probably in your shoes at that beginning mm-hmm. point and wondering how you kind of navigate uh, into the music world and move away, uh, or at least progress from you know bar venues and that kind of thing to actually recording and and maybe get on on radio? What kind of advice could you pass on?
2: Yeah, I always say the same thing. I get asked this a lot, and I and I always say just because of my path and I understand everyone has their path and it's going to be different uh, person to person. But what I tell them is put away your webcam, get out in front of people and practice getting good performing in front of people. So whether that means performing at your grandmother's barbecue or an open mic night or um, you know, at your high school cafeteria, whatever it is, doesn't matter Get out in front of people mm-hmm. because there is a world of difference between playing to nobody in your bedroom and posting that online and getting up on a stage and entertaining a crowd. And so I really right. – I, I stress that um, to, to people that you know don't – like the networking end and the social media end, that will all come in time. But you've got to have tools in your toolbox. Um, and so the only way to do that is to get out and do it. You can't fake experience. Um, and mm-hmm. so I encourage everyone to just get out and play. Get out and play. Doesn't matter how big the audience is. In fact, it's almost be- it's good for you to to, know, to learn how to play in front of a few people. You know what I mean? And get good at that, and then right. have the audience grow. So, but you know, and that that that's sort of been my path. You know, I stopped trying to get a record deal. I was just a working musician for a long, long time, and uh, I lived for that every night. You know, going out and, and performing three forty-five minute sets in front of whatever crowd happened to be there, and so and that sort of served me well in situations where. You know, things aren't going well technically or on, on the stage things are busted or whatever you name it mm-hmm. you know it's that kind of experience you sort of fall back on um, and I think people know the difference that's great advice and I love the, the quote you
1: made in there you can't fake experience and that is great advice that you just passed on Tim Uh, let's turn to another song from the album the album is called shake these walls available at iTunes and you can check out Tim at timhicksmusic.com let's play let's just drink and you can tell me the story behind the song I did read that it came from a throwaway comment where you didn't want to write and you kind of said oh hell let's just drink yeah yeah. I said worse than that actually (laughs) okay (laughs) (laughs) cleaning it up for radio totally so tell me a bit about the song and just the writing behind it
2: so let's just drink <laughs> that 100 percent true story so i was writing with my fr- uh, my friends down south so it's phil barton jason matthews i've written lots of songs with these guys great guys to hang with i just wasn't feeling it um because you can imagine you know when you go in every day to write it, it's kind of forced creativity and, and some days you nail it and some days you just you just don't it's hard it's hard you know it's just hard to think up ideas and uh so we were mm-hmm. sort of batting around some ideas I said I don't know guys let's just go drink someplace on the patio I've I've had enough I watched the news that day too in Nashville like the local news it was all bad news so I was bummed out and uh, when I said that I said let's just get out of here and go drink I kind of said you know F it let's go drink sort of thing and, uh, <laughs> uh, and the and the guys were they sort of laughed and then Jason Matthews out of the blue goes to hell with it let's just drink and I and we sort of turned and he goes there's the song boys we gotta write that and it was one wow. of those ones where we just had such a good time writing it, you know, and that's the thing. So when we're doing these drinking songs, right, like these, these silly songs, you got to understand our tongues are in our cheeks, right? Like this, it's meant <laughs> to get a, a chuckle out of people, you know, when we when start talking about all the bad things. That's, that's where that came from, when, you know, saying that I was watching the news. Like everything was wrong with the world that day. California had wildfires. We got that into the song. You know, I tra- right. trying to pull like we, we were trying to pull like big picture things in, with the personal things like my football team's 0 13, my grandma could beat them, that kind of thing. Like <laughs> what would, what, what would frustrate, you know, everyday guys like, like me, you know what I mean? Like, well, my team's losing, you know, all this stuff. And so the, it was one of those ones that just sort of worked itself out in a very short amount of time. And, uh, we had a great time laying it out. And then, uh, Phil and I went and did a, a demo of it uh, at a at a studio in Nashville, and uh, mm-hmm. I think that's what sold my team on it. Once they heard the demo, they thought, "Oh, this song has has a lot of potential." And then we even changed it a little bit when we went in the studio. It sort of became a little bit more organic, a little bit more acoustic. Um, you know, the the, uh, the steel player actually played slide acoustic yeah. guitar on the song, which made it sort of interesting for me. And it's just one of those songs where uh, you know it fits in great in a live. Sort of setting and, and people seem to be getting A kick out of it, so that's exciting to me
1: Awesome, yeah, it's another great uh, Song from your album Let's share that now, this is Tim Hicks And let's just drink on In the Country
3: is on fire There's crazies blowing up the Middle East tax man's blowing up my iphone 4 and my girl won't give it no peace they cut my hours down at tired town. Tire. my bank account's on the brink and all hell's breaking loose on the six o'clock news so to hell with it let's just drink let's just drink My landlord's raising the rent, oh, and my transmission keeps on.
0: So The hell with it, let just drink There's nothing else to do We're all totally screwed So the hell with it, let just drink
1: My guest, Tim Hicks, with his song, Let's Just Drink. You'll find that on Shake These Walls. That album has a lot of great songs, including Let's Just Drink and, of course, Stomp and Ground. You can check the mm-hmm. album out at iTunes. Tim, thanks so much for being here. Such a great uh, chance to chat with you and to catch up and to play these
2: great songs. My pleasure, Dave. Anytime, man.
1: You bet. Uh, once again, my guest has been country artist Tim Hicks. Check him out at timhicksmusic.com. I'm Dave Woods, and that'll wrap up this edition of In the Country.